Would you like to go on a quest? Gosh, I can never get enough of that theme song. I think it's just perfect. It's perfect for what this is. Welcome, friends, to Quest Me, the podcast where we talk all about Star Wars. And more specifically this season, we're talking about the book of Boba Fett. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm your forever host and creator of the Twist My Arm Network. Um, websites being worked on right now. Uh, but as soon as we get all those details worked out, I'll have a website for you to visit and see all of the other shows on the network and what we do on the Twist My Arm Network. Um, like I said, this is Quest Me, and we're talking all about Star Wars. That's that's pretty much all we do on this show. Last season, we talked about Bad Batch. The first season, we talked about Mandalorian Season 2. And now for the third season, we are talking about the Book of Boba Fett. But we can't do that before we introduce the other parts of this show. First one being my lovely co-host. His name is Justin. Boom, 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 boom. Rap horn. <laughs> Yeah, I I still need to get my my stuff down for that, like applause and things, and yeah. Got a hot button. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm well, man. Uh, just worked my first day shift in over ten years. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Sounds How was exhausted. that? Yeah, uh, I was wake, gonna say. Waking you're up. You're an at... overnighter. You do that. You do the overnight thing. How does? Yeah. That, oof, that's a. That's I, I wake up adjustment. at. Three o'clock uh, when I'm used to going to bed at three o'clock, and I get ready for work at five. I have to be where at B to work at five, but I get off at three, so I'm a little tired right now. All but right, I'll be well, noted. Um, so when you start stumbling over words and stuff, we'll we'll understand why. <laughs> That's not my baseline. You know me. <laughs> well, it's great to see you again. For the third episode, third week, um, this is always a good time, and I am excited to get into it. Um, We do have a very special guest today. His name is Sean. He comes from the Cheap Seat Reviews podcast. How are you doing today, Sean? Oh, I'm great. I've just spent the last three hours training my new Rancor. So I'm a little little (laughs) smelly, but uh, it's good. It's all good. What would you name him? Um, Billy. (laughs) Billy the Rancor. Yeah, I just I just like it so that I can go, oh Billy, when he does something wrong. (laughs) Billy Madison. Oh, what what an awesome what an awesome uh, callback there. Uh, Well, it's great to have you on. Thank you for coming. You came in a little bit of short notice. Um, Our buddy Jake, who has made many appearances on the Twist My Arm podcast and Quest Me, was supposed to be here tonight, but alas. He could not make it, so um, feel better, Jake. We're going to see you in a couple weeks um, for some Star Wars talk because that's, that's, you know, come on now. Uh, thanks, everyone, in the chat. We are live. If you're listening in podcast world, um, we we do the live show every Thursday around 7, 7.30 Mountain Standard Time. So if you want to join us live, definitely follow us on YouTube, uh, Facebook, um, by searching twist my arm podcast or on twitter at twist my arm cast and you can see all the times that we're live and join us hello sudden but inevitable also known as jesse uh he says you should do the fet theme ha sound every time someone joins the screen (laughs) (laughs) 
He really wants to Damn make it. it a thing because he suggested what? that last week. Why does Jesse always have the best ideas? <laughs> no, that's that's brilliant though. I, I might I might think about that for the last four episodes of this show because that that's that's perfect. But um, for those of you that are familiar with Quest Me, you'll notice that the beginning of the theme song is actually Jesse from season one of Quest Me asking Mandalorian if he'd like to go on a quest. So thanks for letting me use your voice there. I, I didn't really ask you, but thanks. <laughs> so I, I we are, man, episode three, there's only seven episodes of the show. So we're about halfway through. And this this is about the mark where things kind of start to hit the fan. You know, if you're if you watch those Netflix shows or like the Hulu shows or any of those, like usually about halfway through is when the the good stuff starts happening. And I feel like this episode, although it was really good, it it was very like the calm before the storm. You know what I mean? Like it kind of we we kind of got a little setup for for everything that's about to happen. And I'm excited to talk about all of that because there's a lot to to break down here in this episode. Um, so I think I think we should just get right into it, right? We're we're ten minutes in. Yeah. And all the introductions are out. We're 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 going. So so I wrote a little summary because they never have like summaries or anything for these shows, uh, the day of or even the day after. Like I can never find them on IMDb or Wikipedia or anything. So I usually write my own. And this week I decided to keep it a little brief. Um, and so on this week's episode, we get a better idea of how hard it is to be a crime boss in Mos Espa. While Boba is learning how to rule, he is also learning who his true friends and enemies are. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> so, and that's like the best I could come up with. I, I wrote that summary out at least five times. <laughs> and then finally I landed on that because I was like, well, there's, I mean, that's kind of all this was, right? I mean, the, the very beginning of this episode, we get a layout of what Mos Espa is. Um, we get uh, what? What's that droid's name? Do you guys remember that droid's name? Which one? The one that that is like Boba Fett's right hand man. It's a uh, something D eight. O O D eight. Okay, and it's played by what? Matt? Uh, Matt? 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 It's uh, Matt Barry. Matt Barry. Eight D eight. Yeah. And oh. I honestly think he steals this episode. I think that droid. Although he has really brief parts, he's great because I know like the this part whole... you're talking about, you but right. I mean, the the whole first scene where he's explaining like, you know, <laughs> he's like, I don't think I should, I don't think I should say his name or anything. I don't want to offend you. And Boba's like, you can you can say Jabba. He's dead. I don't care. And he's just so worried about about making Boba Fett upset, and he's so loyal to Boba Fett, but then he's so not loyal to anybody else. Like, did you did you guys notice in that first scene when when uh, Fennec Shand comes out and... Or no, it's... <laughs> he says... Uh, it's later in the episode when when the... Someone comes up to the, to the door, and he's like, he's like, there's someone here to see you, and she, Fennec Shand goes, did he have an appointment? And he goes... No, 
like with the most disgust, like answers her in the most disgusted way because he's like, I don't care about your questions. I'm just trying to serve my master. So personally, I think I think ADA is one of the best new characters. Would you do you guys agree with me on that? <laughs> he's he's got a little comic relief to the overall show presence, but you know, he's good. He he reminds me of like a fussy butler. You know, like, <laughs> yes. like he's he's programmed to be super prim and proper. You know, he he has this programming that says I must you know, do all of the things to make my master happy and, and with all this kind of prim and prop, you know what I'm saying? Like if if they could have made his out his body look more like a tuxedo, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> but You're absolutely right. He is the butler of the palace. And sometimes the butler is the best character. I mean, Alfred, right? Come on, Alfred was... He's a sassy awesome. Alfred. Yes, absolutely. And he likes to stick his head around rancors. i'm busy (laughs) yeah i just i i i really like uh matt berry in this and i think maybe i'm uh just being biased because i really like uh, what we do in the shadows and i think he's also one of the best characters in that show but i mean his addition in book of boba fett has been great so i i I did want to kind of briefly talk about the his his division of the city too because it's i thought it was really cool that he brings in like he he says uh you know this this division is right and this one's owned by trandoshians this one's owned by the aqualish and this one's owned by the clatoonians like those are all aliens that i've read about in star wars but never heard like on screen, you know, Trandoshans are a little different, but the other ones. I'm not like, gonna lie, I had to look up what the Aqualish and the Cantunians were. Oh yeah, I mean, I did too. But, but after looking at them, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Like, it's that one and, character who got his arm chopped off. <laughs> yeah, like every other Star Wars character, but <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just really cool that the amount of love put into these shows, Mandalorian, Boba Fett. Even Bad Batch, no matter how much I didn't really like that show, I mean, Visions was incredible. All the all the extra research that these guys do and, like, um, just, like I said, the love that they put into it is wonderful. And just hearing those names is, as a Star Wars fan, like, long time book reading, you know, Baby Yoda hat wearing, like, Star Wars nerd, I mean hearing the aqualish is super cool i mean hearing the pikes is super cool seeing some of these aliens and these creatures and even some of the ships we got to see like a a transport ship at the end of this episode that was really cool like it was you know it kind of looked like a to me and jesse's probably gonna hate me for this but like to me it, it looked a little bit like a star trek ship that Ooh. is like a transport ship you know what i mean because it has the windows on the side where people can look out and see where they're going and just it was i don't know all the new things that are coming into these shows is is really cool would you do you guys have any like favorite like in the first three episodes what would you say stands out the most as far as new something that has come into the star wars universe sean let's start with you uh, so I took a few notes on this because that's my job to do. And <laughs> I will say this, this episode and this series so far, and th- this to me is kind of new to, to Star Wars because it, it's not really all that surprising. 
that they're gonna that though he's gonna be a crime boss he's gonna be a respect the crime boss you know like he's not gonna rule with fear he's gonna rule with respect that that doesn't really seem to be new especially not in the disney controlled universe but the part that i really think is really interesting and my favorite part of the story is the flashbacks with the tuscan raiders i mean this is a group of people who up until this series they're just screaming bad guys i mean we got to kind of deal with them a little bit in season two amando but one well, episode one they were shooting at the pod racers i mean they, they just kind of yeah. seemed like like yeah they're just dicks. To they're create just, chaos <laughs> yeah they're just tattooing dicks that's just what they are and they, they yell and they attack you know you know a boy and whatever you know like but in this series we're learning that there's actually a family structure and there's honor and that they used to be warriors and like they used to control the, the whatever until technology came in and kind of, I mean, they're like native Americans, right? Like this is like the dances of wolves of star Wars. Yes. We um, posted a, we posted a thing on Twitter earlier this week, dances with banthas. Sure. Oh yeah. I saw that. It was a wonderful, yeah, it was a great Photoshop and I love it. Because it's, that's exactly what it is. And, and I love that. Like, Last week we we asked for the question, who in the writing room loves Tuscan Raiders so much, and how did they make us love them? Yeah, <laughs> because... yeah, exactly. It's that 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 has been my kind of most surprising part of the show is that I I care about these. Like so, in this scene when he shows back, he comes back home, and the village is burned. Like you mm. you care. Oh yeah, right. you care about these 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 people and these creatures and. I mean, it kind of, it, it was a little sad, you know? And I was like, wow. I mean, like, not even when Anakin throws his tantr uh, temper tantrum in episode two and mm -hmm. cuts down the village. I didn't care, right? You, don't, but you, you but care. At that point, you kind of rooted for him because you were like, the, he, this guy, these people just messed up his mom. Like, right. he, he absolutely needs to terrorize this village. Yeah. Whereas like you, in this one, you're like, what? What yeah. happened? Yeah, they're just defending themselves. They're just sand farmers looking for water eggs or whatever they right. <laughs> and I loved that Boba Fett was trying to get them more incorporated with civilization, you yeah. know, or quote unquote civilization. Like he he was talking to the Pikes to try and get them to to be the defenders of their spice trading and and whatever they were doing. He was he was kind of that bridge between society, like real society on Tatooine and the Tusken Raiders of the desert. And it, it really like when, when he goes back and sees that village all burned, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't cry, but yes, I definitely got a little misty eyed. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. The only time that I all, like I almost did was when he threw the kid's stick in the fire. The, the one that like had, you know, he gave him the little mirror to signal when the train was coming, and he like saved developed him. this relationship. He saved him from that creature, and you know, and that—that's where it kind of got me because I was like, "Oh, they really did that." Okay, I, Dang, I just felt that's... so emotionally invested into the Tuscans. I thought they were going to play a larger part in the overall story. Well, so, did you like, notice the when warrior? They died, uh... The warrior wasn't there. I didn't see any sign of that sweet Tuscan warrior that trained Boba Fett. So it's very possible that that warrior could still be around. It is and, true. 
and come back and and be part of this ragtag team that seems to be getting developed in the palace which love that (laughs) but yeah it was it was really at, at this point like with with that scene and if we're going into the tuscan raider scene it was very brief in this episode i feel like the last two episodes we had a lot of tuscan raider scenes a lot of backstory of how boba became this nomad and how he you know became part of the tuscans and, and brought them into the fold and we got very little of that this was the like end of that story it was abruptly so, ended yeah very abruptly ended but can we all agree that this is the pikes doing could be i i don't know i mean right i mean they all they've been represented in in star wars so far is conniving bastards right like that's all right they are. so <laughs> It drug wouldn't, lords basically yeah they are they are drug lords so it wouldn't surprise me if they're behind it but i don't know there's something fishy about the mayor and right and see and the the end of this whole scene just i'm still on that we're gonna see kira come in yep. we're gonna see kira as the leader of all of these syndicates and i mean that's I don't know. I don't know how much you guys watch Marvel, but there was at the beginning of uh, 2021, there was this whole like with uh, Vision and, and Scarlet Witch or whatever, WandaVision. There was this whole thing about Mephisto watch, about how how Mephisto was going to come into the MCU. He's a he's a crazy villain. Right. And so my whole thing in, in Boba Fett is Kira watch, because I really, really think that Kira, Amelia uh, Clark is going to actually make an appearance in this show at some point in time because like like we talked about last week um she was basically the one to take over the crime syndicate after darth maul got killed in rebels and we haven't really seen anything else in between that do we know that well we don't know that for sure but after uh after what's his name died in solo Kira took up the mantle of the Crimson Dawn syndicate who then like was working under Darth Maul. And so I guess my whole thing is that I think Kira was cunning enough and smart enough to be able to take over this, the whole syndicate whenever Darth Maul got killed because what other character could do it? I mean, I guess you could do Prince Shizor or, you know, Bosk or something stupid like that. But Prince Shizor would be too much of a reach, and I think they've been bringing in extended universe characters all the time. And you know, like yeah. John Favreau likes to circle around and incorporate someone. Yeah, but but that's look at BK. That's so look much of a reach. It it has to be someone that we've seen before in either movies or cartoons. And I mean, right? Because with Dave Filoni there writing this stuff and helping with these stories like he's he's the one that wrote all of rebels and and did all of clone wars and all that stuff and you know that he had to have he knows what happened in solo so like there's there's just i really think that kira is going to be the one to be the leader of all of this like you're going to find out that you know boba fett was with the you know or is going to go after the pikes because they found out that they hired whoever but then the the main leader for season two 
I think personally would be Kira. And I think that'd be super cool. But I don't want to get too far into predictions because like we're talking about episode three right now. So um what did you guys think of the whole thing between the water dealer and this new Power Rangers biker gang? Justin <laughs> um, I, I mean <laughs> I loved seeing the actor. I I can't remember his name. It's something peel, but uh I believe he's the voice of Bill Dro- Dotrieve in King of the Hill. I think so. Which one is this? The, the water the actor for, or Lothar Lothar Peel. Okay, uh, it's Stephen Root. Is his? Thank the you, thank you. I'm fairly certain he's the the voice of Bill Dotrieve within King of the Hill. So, like seeing oh. him on like on the on the screen, I'm like, ooh, that's Bill. And I just heard yeah, him bitching about good. water, trying to get these punk kids out of here. He sounded like a uh, a suburban house dad who wanted <laughs> to get these punk kids out of his yard. But like it, it turned into like the bad view to me a bad viewing of Boba Fett because then you're like, oh, he's a nice guy at the end of the day. Make your prices cheaper. One. Well, that's the other thing about it like this guy's charging thirteen hundred dollars for water basically and say, Boba a Fett. month's rent or month's pay for a week's worth of a water. week's worth of water yeah and it's pretty fucked up that's disgusting like so i don't know i i can see where boba fett is coming from but i also like i i understand that sentiment where like he's kind of showing a little bit of weakness here i feel like in a way yeah i mean it does <clears throat> it does kind of come across as boba fett is there is not just as a crime lord but also as a union boss and also <laughs> as the, the 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 leader of the island of misfit toys you know like it's <laughs> it, it, it's it's going to be very different they're going to portray this character as very different um and almost i mean Disney is in love right now. Well, I'm saying Disney right now is in love with with making movies about the villain, right? We're getting, you know, we get the two um, Maleficent movies. You get Mm -hmm. the Corella Deville movie. Um, We're we're really in love with with taking these villains and then making them seem relatable, and that's Mm -hmm. what I feel like this is kind of going is is uh was boba fett a villain though i mean i feel like he was kind of an assumed badass slash villain it's like uh it's like what what uh scar said on episode one where he was like i didn't ever really understand why everyone thought boba fett was the biggest badass to ever badass because he didn't have a lot of lines or anything and so like do we really know that he was a villain well what what do we know about him so far, right? So we we see him in in start episode five where he helps in the capture of Luke, Leia, and Han. He sells Han back to Java. So he had a boss. He had a job. The only other time we see him is in the Clone Wars where he um, attacks some Jedi. He blows up a ship. He he does some things in, in efforts to get revenge on Mace Windu. Um, but you know. Yes, Jesse. That's, that's yeah, I know that. In him, that's he was like, you know, thirteen or whatever child, when he, yeah. when his yeah, dad. I, got I know murdered. bounty hunters are just hardworking people, Sean. Yeah, I know. I'm not again. 
Um, I do want to say too, Jesse brought up the fact that uh, the the water dude is also the stapler guy from Office Space. Yeah, I was expecting him to. Yeah, they they, they stole my water. You know, I want my water back. Who took took my water? (laughs) That's all I could picture when we were when he came on screen. Um, And I, I, he looks so familiar. Now that you say the stapler guy, now I know exactly. Yeah. You know why? Where I recognize him from, but at first I was like, "Why does he look so familiar?" Uh, uh, back to the point of is is Boba Fett a bad guy? I guess we don't really know. I mean, he could be. You know, like Han Solo was an antihero, uh, and and you know, Mando is not really a good guy. He's not really a bad guy. He's just a dude making his way through the universe. So we don't have to assign good or bad to him he's just right now a dude sitting in the chair of a former crime lord and Mm -hmm. he's just trying to make his way and do his own thing but you know and and i think he's trying to i don't know i it's also depends trying to do things different yeah right (laughs) that's a certain point of view but and he's probably just taking over this whole uh what is it what is it the the damio or damio whatever they call it yeah, uh, an old um, like, like Japanese. Uh, I was gonna say it's from like, samurai or, stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but he, taking over that, I think he's trying to uh, be be better. I guess like he's maybe and because he's lived with the Tuscans and he's you know been treated like dirt. Like he even said to Kersantin to uh, on this episode when when he releases him, he's like, "Don't just as a, as a former bounty hunter, don't work with with scugheads." Which is a, an awesome like word, by the way, scughead or whatever. But never heard of that before. Right, but but he says that as in like a I've been screwed over so many times before. Like I'm gonna actually lead something the right way. The, is that kind of? Are you guys getting that kind of that same feeling that I, he's trying? I to thought be, it like, was more leader? foreshadowing to BK working with Boba later. Like being his buddy, well, like you, I mean, you set me free. I, I owe you one. <laughs> well, he's obviously gonna be coming back. Like he's he's gonna be there to yeah, be part of the the team. Um, he's it was too just, interesting the uh, thing to just show up and then have him run away and be and not come back. Oh, yeah. I know. Right, and that that's why they didn't kill him. Come on, dude, Chris Stanton. Look at the amount of toys they can make off that character. You're not going to kill him off the second a time you see Chewbacca? him. Bad Chewbacca. Yeah, you're going to get rid of him money. the second time you see him. I mean that. <laughs> that's just like dollar signs in Disney's eyes right now. Like, oh man, everyone loves Chris Stanton. Let's make some Black Series toys. Like, <laughs> but but you're not going to do that if you kill him off in the second episode. Like, you know, if they, it was great that they threw him in the Rancor pit and kept him in the cage. Because then again, you you keep him around, you know, and and of course he's gonna come back by the end and be part of this gang that they have and fight off the Pikes or Kira or whoever it is, and and it's gonna be badass. Like that whole fight scene was awesome. I yeah. mean, his the, the only thing that the only complaint that I have about this fight scene, I guess, is when Kersantin lights up his uh, knuckle oh, charges. Oh, force field and punches boba in the face and there's like no marking on Boba's it was a face. force field man with, with spiky uh, i don't knuckles. know i, I don't know <laughs> no. maybe that's they're pulling out of their ass from like kotar days and 
they have a force field belt at all times, but that looked like a force field, the knuckles bouncing off a force field. Yeah, I, I, it, it was funny that, yeah, it looked like he charged up his, you know, instead of brass knuckles, it's a, uh, you know, energy knuckles, but it, yeah. it, it does feel like that the, just the stabby parts of the knuckles would have been more damaging to Boba <laughs> than the electrical part. Right? I agree. Right. And you can we talk about how, how, how did Chris Stanton not just rip his arms out of his sockets? That's what Wookiees are good for, right? Yeah. Ripping I mean, off limbs. I, that I get it. I get it. He got stabbed like you four can't, times. right? And shot a few times, like you can't. Yeah. And you can't kill kill off characters like that. You can't kill off Boba Fett. But like, let's be real here. If this was Chewbacca versus Boba Fett in one of the episodic movies, it would have been Boba Fett dead. Just Boba Fett's <laughs> dead. Like his his head's ripped out of his his you know torso. Like. Because that's what Wookiees could do. I, I really feel like they they didn't give Kersantan the Wookiee gladiator credit that he deserves. And maybe, maybe they will later on in the series. But in this fight in particular, if that Wookiee's waking up Boba Fett in a back-to-tank, there's no way he's surviving. One would think no that way. he would die on the initial move. BK right. sees him floating in the back-to-tank. He's like, oh, well, fuck this. And chokes him he- out. Or just... throws him by his neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it did seem strange that that was, you know, like, I guess the way, I don't know, again, maybe Star Wars wants us to think that people are more honorable. So if I'm, I'm here to kill you, but I'm going to do it when you're awake and facing me. You know, it just, like, we I even guess. just think like a little bit to Rogue One, right? When Cassian, yeah. I mean, Cassian shot a dude for knowing stuff. He shot an ally for knowing things, and but the Empire would get him and interrogate him. Like that was a cold-blooded murder. True. But right. here comes this here comes this Wookiee who was being paid to kill this guy, and he's like, I should wake him up first, make sure it's a it's a fair-ish fight. <laughs> right. Go over there to the back tank and unplug it, and then let him drown. You know, I mean, like, yeah. there's his a perfect solution. You don't even have to move. You just smoke a cigar on your way out because <laughs> I, I did I, mean, I, I did see a, a big plot hole and correct me if I'm wrong. Jesse says it is for kids, no arm ripping for kids stuff. Okay. Well, there's but... no blood. There's <laughs> well, never yeah, but blood there's, on there's a blade. Limb in the very first movie. And also don't, don't, <laughs> don't in the prison escape on, on solo, doesn't one of those Wookiees rip the arm off somebody or something? Yes. Like, that had that does happen. So yeah, okay, that does happen. Yeah, all yeah. right, again, fine. Again, but... this is also the series that decap that you know Mace Window decapitated a dude's head, and you see the shadow of the head oh, falling the head out of the falling. helmet. Like <laughs> you know, it was it was too quick for the younger viewers. That's all. But, well, I didn't point it out to my nine year old. That's for sure. Right. Right. But when, when the nine-year-old starts asking, well, why didn't his head fall out of the helmet when he picked it up? That's when you go, oh, let me show you something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, he's still decapitated. I mean, it still happened, you know, so. Oh, Jesse so... hasn't seen Solo yet. That's very interesting. You know, Solo wasn't bad. Solo just got a bad rap because of be Last three Jedi. times to watch it. <laughs> well. I fell really? asleep oh, yeah, every time. That, that doesn't happen. 
In a Star Wars should, movie, I fall asleep. Never. You should try and watch it now on like a day off when you're wide awake. Oh, I and, like, love that. I love Solo it. now. Donald Glover all day. And it, I, I thought it was a wonderful movie. I mean, it's uh, even uh, Aldrin, whatever his name was, that played Solo. He did a good job. He doesn't look <laughs> like Solo at all. But I, I think all in all, that that movie had a, a good story, a good plot, some good twists. Like it was a lot of fun. That that movie suffered from being too close to the Last Jedi, and I Agreed. think Star Wars fans were still butthurt from the Last Jedi to yep. give solo a fair shake if it would have been a year later i think it would have been received better but it was it was four months after the last jedi and people were still pissed at that movie so right you gotta you gotta give a little bit of time to get a sour taste out of people's mouths but i think they were just trying to reset the uh the like release schedule for star wars and then they were like, oh, wait, I guess we're going to just mess up this whole story and do Rise of Skywalker two years after Last Jedi. Because it came out, I think, two years after, didn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I don't like know why. And stuff. Well, but what they should have done, honestly, uh, I, th- we can do a whole other podcast on this. And I don't want to do that. But they really <laughs> should have just done the shooting schedule like all of the other the other six movies. Right. You do it every three years. Right. You get time. You have time to do things, time to do reshoots, time to do rewrites, whatever you need to do. Yeah, I I think that's one of the things that has suffered from is they were trying to do them too quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know the purpose of it other than Disney just wanted to make money um, or maybe they wanted to make sure that the actors didn't know because Mark Hamill, I mean, from you know episode four to episode six, I know it's only six years, but he looks like he's aged twenty years. So maybe right. that's what they were trying to avoid: is that you know Finn doesn't come out in the in the ninth movie and he looks fifteen years older. I, I don't know, but that well, was just one. Don't of the don't do movies eight minutes after the other one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, do it a few years. I mean, Empire was five years after. Uh, well, they're World, all three I years. Think, and... They're all three years apart. So it was seventy-seven, eighty, eighty-three, but, and then I mean, 99. like in the in the story timeline. Oh, sure, sure. I see what you mean. Yeah, you yeah. know, because Last Jedi was set directly, directly after, after Force Awakens. Biggest thing wrong with it. And then Rise of Skywalker was like what four or five years after. Maybe oh, I I always I felt that it was remember. like it was a it was five it minutes off. Yeah, it, it might have been right still... after too. Yeah, but either uh, way, I, back anyway, to Boba Fett. One of those I have was... two points to bring up. Solo, it. Jesse. It's a space space cowboy western. You'll love it. Second point would be mm, I, I don't know. I saw a huge, <laughs> massive hole. Like, how did BK get past all the Boba's security yeah. guards? Like all the pig people were asleep, and his new Power Ranger team where they were all asleep. Like uh, we're. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I it didn't was see that it was, feasible. He's a big fucking Wookie. How does he sneak past people? Wookies are an, not sneakers; they're tanks. It was an interesting uh, scenario for sure. Like, how, mm, I didn't. I, I agree with you. It was. It, it shouldn't have happened because, I, unless it was at night. I, I was it at night. I don't even know because it, I feel like every scene that we've done in this show has been during the day. But maybe he sleeps in the back to tank at night. 
It would make sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Maybe know. they're all taking their naps or whatever. Who knows? But yeah. um, it does. It just proves the point. Yeah, he needs more security. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I did... it sort of feels like he only has what he has: Bulk and Skull, the two Gamorians, and then like the yeah. five or six Power Rangers. So he has like in Fennec. So he has eight to nine people guarding him. I just think that's a Plus little weird butler. for a crime lord. Plus, eh, the butler oh, the doesn't butler. do much. And you got a handful of uh, like these R two units running around making him food. Yeah, that was a great scene. I love, I love how he's just sitting there with Fennec, and she's just chowing down. And he's like, "How can you eat right now? I need to retaliate." Like, he <laughs> and the enough food. Go patrol so I don't get killed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, that was a good foreshadow too, because I think in the previews we saw. Um, scenes of him at the dinner table with a bunch of other people like Trandoshans and you know all the different creatures from M- Mos Espa. Probably so, the three other families. Right. And and it was, you know, Fennec was like, You need to you need to eat some food. You're you're the leader of families. And he's like, What do you mean? There's nobody here at this table. So maybe that was a good uh good way to make boba fett realize that he needs to actually have some allies because i feel like he doesn't have a lot of allies dances with wolves turns into uh the godfather yeah (laughs) well i mean even the the office space guy the stapler guy he was like hey man nobody respects you (laughs) (laughs) i think that's that's the kind of leader he's going for uh sean brought it up earlier like Leaders either try to be feared or loved, and he's trying to go for respect, which is almost unheard of. Right. And which, let, let me bring up, you know, Matt Barry at this point. He has that one line where he's like, you be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> he's just sticking up for his boss. <laughs> it's wonderful. But but it's it's interesting to, to see that, that someone just comes straight up to Boba Fett of all the badasses and says you're not respected you need more allies and i think now at this dinner table scene boba's realizing yeah that guy was right like i'm i'm kind of screwed right now because nobody wants to be here with me um i I just i'm excited to see that actually happen and it's probably going to be the last scene of the show where they're all sitting around eating you know oh look oh (laughs) (laughs) Little one snuck in here. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's family time, right? It's, it's a family show, kids show. Does 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 she watch Boba Fett with you? Uh she does not yet. Okay. Okay. She watched Mandalorian, but not Boba Fett, which is very strange. Well, I mean, I feel like Mandalorian with uh Grogu and or Baby Yoda, I feel like that was uh, a little more kid friendly than Boba Fett might be. Is that go. some tea? Yeah. That's my Darth Vader mug. Darth Vader mug. It's nice. 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 Got my right. camera so meal we're, tea. <laughs> oh, we're talking about the dinner table. That's right. Uh, um, it's uh, again, I, I'm just excited to see uh, see the new characters come in. That new old characters that we've heard of. I, you know, Bosk is going to be in this at some point. Oh, yeah. Like Dangar will probably show up at some point as a cameo, something like that. Um, But. Speaking of cameos, oh my god, Danny MF Trejo yeah. oh. shows up in the Star Wars universe 
as as a rancor trainer yeah. of course like this is a perfect role what other character would he be he like come on of course he's he's a dude with a beast that's like yeah yeah i kept him so i could train him he's, he's just a, a grungy badass, badass. But there's something yes. I think there's something really clever to the casting of Danny Trejo. So obviously he went to Favreau or whatever and was like, hey, you know, I want to be in Star Wars. Like I, I wanted to be in this show for forever. Right. I beg to differ. Robert Rodriguez does this show. Well, yeah. Robert, Robert Rodriguez brings Trejo into everything. Right. But <laughs> I think I think this but this is a thing where it feels like Trejo was like, OK, I'll do your thing. But. I don't want to be the stereotype. I don't want to be the guy that just comes in and growls and looks scary and has all the knives and the tattoos and whatever. Like he's the opposite of what we're used to seeing. Like his whole purpose is to show respect and love to this beast that we only know as a big killing machine. And, and I think it was really sweet to have him be something different. And the other thing that was really kind of catching for me was uh, I'm foreshadowing within the episode here a little bit because I know we're going to do our favorite shots and whatever, but when they're just kind of talking about the Rancor and talking about how it can imprint on the first human it sees and um, like, like getting into kind of the sweet parts, it, it really felt like um, uh, Filoni or wh whoever wrote it is 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 taking all of this information that we're given that these rancors can be ridden um and that they can there be you know, loyal and all these things all of that information comes from one scene in return of the jedi when the dude is crying because the yeah. rancor is dead yeah. and and that guy's crying so to, like because my son's watching that movie with me and he goes why is he crying and i said well to him that rancor was probably like what our our beagle, you know, peanut is to us. Like it's his beloved pet and Luke just killed it. And, and so now we're getting like all this backstory into this animal that we absolutely know is going to come back later. I mean, I, I like, this feels like a setup for a video game where at some point um, there's going to be a showdown where Boba Fett is riding a rancor riding. with his <laughs> army next to him, you know, like, yes. I, I, it, oh, I just want to see him ride the rancor through Mos Espa and be like, "What now?" Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. But I know I thought I that was very one... interesting. Let me let me ask you a question, Sean, because you brought up that it he imprints on the first human he sees. Yeah. Did they keep the blindfold on the rancor from birth, or is Trejo not a human character? I think probably from birth, honestly, it probably he it probably only knows Trejo by by voice, right? By voice, I mean, and I thought about that too—that he maybe had, you know, kept kept him at bay just with his voice or something like that. Yeah. But what, what were about you say, that? Justin? What about that episode in uh, fuck? I'm I'm forgetting if it was Rebels or Clone Wars where they had the the child Rancor. It was actually the Bad Batch. <laughs> That, oh, see, horrible show. And they, <laughs> and they, uh, they had to capture it for Bib Fortuna. So it's very possible that it's the same Rancor. That's what I was thinking. That Bib Fortuna maybe gave to, which, by the way, Danny Trejo doesn't have a character name yet. He's just known as um, Rancor. 
uh, Rancor Keeper is what he's credited as. Um, but it's very possible that Bib Fort that's the same one from Bad Batch. Yeah, but go. But back then again, to that... on Bad Batch, he didn't. He didn't have the exactly. The he didn't have the blinders him. on. So but then maybe. again, he saw. He didn't. He didn't see any humans there either because it was all aliens and clone troopers with helmets on. Uh, they mean Bib humanoid. Fortuna. They have to mean humanoid. Maybe. Maybe I'm. I'm starting to think that maybe Danny Trejo's not a human in the star wars universe that he'll be something else you know mm-hmm. but Possibly. either way I, I to me i just i just love the fact that he's he's the anti-stereotype yes you know he's saying? not like, ca- typecasted yeah which i think is great i think it's really clever although although if there is one person that you were going to cast to be a rancor keeper wouldn't it be danny trejo <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, you could do it. You, honestly, you could cast anybody to do it. You was saying like you could have any range of a person that wants to be in Star Wars. You know what I'm saying like I, I could have seen it, you know, because Rodriguez, you know, he has his group of guys. I could honestly see like Antonio Banderas showing up or freaking <laughs> um, puss uh, in boots. Yeah, but I mean, because like, they did Desperado together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or Hell, Tarantino, Tarantino, or George Clooney. Funny to see Tarantino, Clooney, you know, that'd be good. Like you were saying, like you, I could see anyone in the role. What makes this one so great, though, is because he's not typecast. Like you right. saying, like and he's, he's, he's got. Gonna... Did you ever watch Fanboys? Um, it was Smith. about no. It was about um, three dudes that went across the country to steal Episode One. No, and, but I know yeah, before. No, I haven't watched it, but I know so, what it is. Yeah. Spoiler alert, that movie also has Danny Trejo in it. And he's a very like he's he's called the chief in in the show, and he's very uh spiritual and like he's he's like that wise old man that gives good advice or or whatever. In in fanboys for it's it's peyote that he gives instead of advice. But <laughs> In in this, it was kind of the same thing. He was that character that was more like giving Boba Fett a little bit of rancor wisdom and being a little more like empathic. You know what I mean? Because because he seemed nicer about it. You know, and even when Boba Fett leaves the room, he's like, "Don't worry, he'll be back." Like, and that's to me, Danny Trejo's a badass. To me, that's Machete, bro. Like that, that dude is. You know, he always messed things up. So. So you're right, seeing him in a in a different kind of light, and especially in like a caring light, this like this, it's it's wonderful. So I'm, I hope he stays around for a while. I honestly hope they don't kill him off or anything because I really like uh, the Rancor Keeper <laughs> in Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, I, I did wanted wanna, to. Nope. I wanted to bring up a quote that uh, Boba Fett said during the scene. Uh, I've written something ten times this size. Was this a reference to the Christmas special? Maybe. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> it was. Um, and in my notes, I actually say, uh, in quotes, I've written beasts ten times this size. Reference to the holiday special? I think so, <laughs> <laughs> because that's what he did. He rode that giant dragon in that uh, holiday special. So. Yeah, I think you're on the right track there with with that. Um, I wonder what George I thought. Do, 
but <laughs> I think George has been kind of behind a lot of this stuff. I think Filoni talks to George Lucas a lot more than people realize because I mean, Dave Filoni is like George Lucas Jr. You know, and he, I don't know, to, to me, like he's, he's the right guy to, to continue these stories and stuff because he worked very closely with Lucas when it came to Clone Wars and, and all that stuff. So I think, uh, yeah. Anyway, next scene, I mean, kind of the final scene, I guess, but before we start getting into the last bit of our notes was, was going to the mayor and then this whole like car chase scene and stuff. But before the car chase scene, we get to see a little bit of a cowboy standoff with Fennec Shand there. She's like, choose your next words wisely and just flashes that, you know, that side piece. And it was very, very Western to me. And the whole reason I'm bringing this up is because Ming-Na Wen is a complete badass. And I want her to be in Star Wars for a long time. I love her character. I, I love that they have made her like one of the one of the more ah, badass bounty hunters. Like she's kind of Boba, more Boba Fett than Boba Fett at this point. You know, like with, with the way that she just, I'll do it. Yeah, pay me. <laughs> See, I've been on a Ming or Ming Nong Wei kick. After, like, my wife told me this uh, interesting fact today that she is the only Disney hat trick, quote unquote. She was Mulan <laughs> in the, uh, the, the voice of the animated. Uh, she was uh, Agent May in Marvel or Shield. What is it? Yeah, uh, Agents, Agents of Shield. Shield. Agents yeah. of Shield. Thank you. Yep. And then obviously Fennec Shan. Like she's yep. a badass overall. Like she's a Disney princess and still kicking ass <laughs> as a bounty hunter. That that's yeah. freaking legit. Sorry about that. Well, and they and they had her in in uh, they had her voice Fennec Shan in Bad Batch too, which was really cool. So so it's it's awesome to see her like being more predominant in this because even in Mandalorian, when they introduced her, she was, she was a badass. you know, she gave Mando a run for his money. And, and I really enjoy like her presence and like just her stoic uh, nature. You know what I mean? And, and she, she's a cowboy. You can see it. You can see that she's like kind of the cowboy of this Western movie and, and, or this Western show. And, and again, she's a little more Boba Fett than Boba Fett, I think. Sean, do you have any comments on on Fennec Shand or anything like that? No, I mean, I, I do like the fact that the little knife she keeps in the butt of her sniper rifle is like right. a jack of all trades. It can not only stop a Wookiee, but also unlock doors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Which, which was a cool, uh, cool little scene when she throws that thing at the Wookiee. Yeah. I, I did want to bring a point up earlier. Justin, you briefly said, speaking of the Wookiee, I know we're kind of going back and forth here, but speaking of the Wookiee, you had said that he sounded like uh, Chewy mixed with a lion, right? <laughs> yeah. I Which, feel like they tried to make an angry Wookiee, but it didn't come out quite right. right. It literally did was it... the back voice of Chewbacca mixed with like some kind of roaring animal. I'm guessing a tiger or a lion. Well, there was a very... like. And I know all Wookiees make this noise, but at one point he gets stabbed or something for the eighth time, and he does that like Wookiee cry that Chewie does when he gets shot in Force Awakens, and it was almost identical. the The, the sound was almost identical when it comes to that like Wookiee scream, 
and I felt for the poor dude. I was like, oh, oh, don't, don't hurt him. <laughs> did you guys like? Did you see any similarities between that? Like, did you notice that it was kind of the same noise? And also, did you feel for him, or did you kind of think that he deserved everything that he got? Ooh. I, I didn't I definitely... feel sympathy. Uh, and he's he's a he was there to do a job, and they're there to do their job. You know, I mean, <laughs> honestly. To be real, to be real honest, I was when he was there hanging by his hand. There was a moment where I thought she's just gonna, like, I honestly thought she would kill him. And and then Bubba oh. would be like, no, 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 we don't do that kind of thing anymore, you know. Or like, I, I thought there was gonna be a lesson there, but then when she does the, you know, the hand stabby thing, um, then then, then my next thought was, well, now he's down there with a knife, like he's gonna. <laughs> he's gonna like I thought he was locks. right, yeah, which we find out later. But so like I honestly thought that um that he was gonna escape and it was gonna be a whole thing. It, it didn't go out the way I thought, which is fine. But um That's funny. Jesse agrees with me on the Kersenstan hurting Kersantan hurting thing. That's weird. Yeah. He never agrees with me. He uh, no, but you're you're right about the 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 sound design for that. I mean uh, I, I'm a I'm an audio engineer by trade, so like whenever I hear things that remind me of other things, especially Star Wars, I my ears always perk up. I mean, mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. when I hear things that sound like Star Wars sound effects that are not Star Wars. No. Yeah. Um. The the most egregious example recently was in the Army of the Dead, the the Zack Snyder oh. thing. So there's a scene when one of the one of the the soldiers. I guess this is a spoiler if you haven't seen that movie, but one of the soldiers is carrying a flamethrower pack, right? And they're being attacked by the zombies. And so the only choice you have is to shoot the gas pack on their backs. So they can blow up your friend who's about to get at, but then you can blow up a bunch of zombies. And the sound effect that they use for when it blows up is the exact sound effect that they use when um, Princess no. Amidala's spaceship is being blown up. It's the exact same sound effect. And it I think I remember off. that. <laughs> yeah. That must be some stock sound effect that they can just pull out of some Hollywood it's, but, vault. But it's but it's very distinct to Star Wars. It and is. people should have respect and not use Star Wars noises in non-Star <laughs> Wars shows. Yeah, exactly. Also, people no, need funny. to stop using Wilhelm Scream, but that's a different thing. I thought they retired that. I thought that was like a, a oh done gosh, deal we, now. We just watched for the podcast. We just watched Red Notice. They did it three times in four minutes. Oh, what? really? Yeah. It's that Ryan it's, Reynolds movie? Yeah. Huh. That's yeah, trending for that me. Yet, but... <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I, I have one last note for the episode. And... It's about this car chase scene at the end. Oh. The the bikes in this episode piss me off more than Why? anything else. Is it their style ever. or the CGI? All of it, dude. It's all of it. I, what, I what's wrong the, with the style? I love the Star Wars Borgs. I love that they're half man, half machine. Like I, I think that's really <laughs> cool. But I hate their motorcycles. Like they do not belong there. Where if no, like they're too they're just too like bright. They're, they're too they're, they're like, too like a nineteen sixties theme of a, a a little scooter. 
Like oh, every Jackie single one looks like Maximum a Lucas, and I I just don't <laughs> I don't see it. Like with all of the all of everything else in Star Wars, everything else that's awesome, the Millennium Falcon, the the Slave One, which is no longer called the Slave One, the Boba the Fett transport ship. ships, <laughs> the the Naboo Starfighters, like those. I guess the bikes are probably closest to Naboo Starfighters than anything. Are you because... saying it, it it felt out of place? <laughs> I do say they they I really feel like they they were out of place and okay maybe it's just because they were jarring to me the whole like I don't know the eight rear view mirrors on some of them and like just they were so <laughs> brightly painted and like it just did not seem right the, to me and then the and then all the characters the... all the characters wore the wore matching everything <laughs> matching outfits go go power like, rangers yeah i was waiting for them to bust out their morphin coins and like put on some some helmets and and chase after like i don't know okay jesse jesse says that sean needs to explain lucas film history to me apparently <laughs> because i don't understand why these would be in here sean why do you what do you think about these bikes like, were you cool with them? Whoa. I didn't really care. The only thing about the bikes that was a little weird is that we're on a world that has two colors, right? It's just, like, dull brown and dull orange, right? And then, like, <laughs> I'm saying, like, that's all Tatooine is. I mean, um... There's a walking gold-plated man in nine of the movies. Yeah, okay, Jesse. But he worked for... Yeah, he wasn't gold plated when Anakin built him. Well, yeah, but he also had a red arm at one point, and he had a silver leg a silver at one leg. point. Silver leg, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but the, no, the 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 little Vespas are they they are a little weird because it it feels they feel so otherworldly to Tatooine. It's like, how did you get those? You know, like again of this place where you know even the pikes are using this you know, you know jet powered turbo train and even that's brown or whatever gray you know so maybe that's yeah. what it is maybe it's cuz it's tatooine and i just feel like they don't belong on tatooine it it's They're just not i don't know it's, yet. yeah i don't know it just it's like the fast and the furious version of what you know like they thank you <laughs> yeah the, the eight the 18 rearview mirrors is kind of dumb um i'm not saying that i, I <laughs> It was kind of dumb. the The whole scene, honestly, to me, was a little janky because it felt, honestly, it just kind of felt slow. It was, I mean, it felt like when they're careening around, or whatever. I know that they have to have these vehicles. These are weird, you know, wheeled vehicles. I know that. We all know that, and we're and we're cool with that. With that knowledge that they CGI off the the wheels, and they even. CGI'd the dirt so that you don't see wheel tracks and stuff like I'm or or however they did it I don't know maybe there's a uh, a chain or a bar that's being dragged to, to you know hide the wheel tracks right or it's, it's like oh, may, may, uh, I don't know I don't maybe know. it's like the old speeder where it was on a on like a hook or whatever and it no the the original well Luke's had wheels right Luke's Luke's was on wheels, wheels. It was just a mirror it was just a mirror. Oh. Oh, that's right. But the way they get away from away with it is because it was in the distance, and the way it was traveling with the camera, it looked fast. Yeah. And this, and yeah. I know this is in between cities, and they're crashing stuff over, and like it, 
I mean, this the the chase scene has a trope, but they again because it's Robert Rodriguez, they they tame the trope, they they flip the trope on its ear. So like you know you know in a in a chase scene, almost always you have to have two dudes carrying a pane of glass and someone crashes through oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, it was a painting a picture of, of Java. Java. Right. Um, and so, which was funny. Oh, I love that. Is, that is funny. And, and you also, the trope of uh, the car crashing into fruit and the fruit going all up inside the convertible. Yeah there's, car. yeah, there's actually a little bit of trivia about the specific fruit. Like it's from a, it's a, it's a thing. The fruit that covers at the end of the speeder chase is called Melorin, Meliorin. It's first mentioned in a 1996 Legends-era uh, novel, X-Wing Wedges Gamble. Oh, I remember that book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. And it's it, and the, the fruit is also mentioned in Star Wars Rebels. It's uh, it's uh, Captain Syndulla's favorite fruit. So okay. that's the joke of it. But it, honestly, again, this is a this is another tie-in. Um, if you, I don't know, Jesse. Has unfairly not given Avatar: The Last Airbender a chance. My cabbages, <laughs> the cabbages guy. I, I actually expected someone to run out in that moment and go, "My fruit," you know. The Filoni, he was also in, you know, in charge of uh, Avatar. So, oh, that's right, that's right. Oh yeah, man, how one. how funny is that? And the, oh man, the like the whole. It's fun. I, the whole time I was just uh, going through Wayne's World in my head, because that yep, is which the, there you go. There's that yeah, uh, early stereotypical 90s, 80s, crash through glass, like land up yep, in a, yep. like a some kind of animal or plant, uh, a cat or a cabin, and then at the end I'm like, oh, it's my cabbages. The whole time I saw that, Jesse says Jesse says Avatar is overrated. Oh. I, that, that is the most um that's probably the most ignorant thing i think i've ever heard Jesse say. <laughs> just gonna yep. say it i'm gonna throw the gauntlet down he needs Shots to watch it fired he gave he watched the first two episodes barely i think but he, he did watch them for a <laughs> he saw the movie without watching the shows yeah <laughs> oh my god um well anyway i i I like Moss Vespas. That's hilarious. Jesse says it's not his joke. It was stolen, but the Moss Vespas were definitely from Coruscant, which I agree. Yes. How did they get to Tatooine? Like how these these people how have does no anything jobs. Get to they have to steal all their water, and they somehow have these brightly colored. Moss Vespa, like maybe they stole them too. You know, I mean, maybe you know what I'm saying. Like maybe they stole them too. You know, they they. Yeah, they're it's funny you said that they're from Coruscant. I could actually see them also being like from Naboo, because again, like Naboo is is nothing but colors, un, unnecessarily right. so. Um, <laughs> right. Bright yellows and. Yeah, yeah. We here, here's our starfighter that's bright and shiny and yellow. It, it's literally a flying target. <laughs> yeah. And that silver on those Naboo ships was just that chrome. Yeah, oh, loved it. I, I mean, I didn't. the The chase scene to me was the worst part of this episode, and it brought my rating down a lot. A lot of it had to do with the effects. Um, Justin, you had said something about the the effects earlier. I realized that all of this is set in the daytime, and that it's on a very bright palette, and that 
it's hard to make uh, huts look real in the sun with that kind of CGI, um, which I think they looked a lot better in this episode. I think they look way better in this one than they did in yeah, the last episode. Um, but the the bikes in this one was just some of it was really really bad. That last scene where um, the the girl I can't I can't remember her actual name. Uh, oh, Drash, played by Sophie Thatcher, um, when she pulls up and does that like skid on her Moss Vespa. I'm gonna use that all the time. I don't care who who made it up. I'm stealing it. But when she does that like slide on the Moss Vespa, it just did not look right to me. There were there were some things in this episode that did not compute with my Star Wars brain. I guess did did you guys feel that at all, Ju- Justin? Did For you feel me, that at all? It, I could notice a a, a discern or a, a discernible change between them doing like real life photos of the bikes or the speeder. And then going to CGI. And that really bothered me. Because Star Wars is usually very clean about that. But then again, that's also the movies. Maybe Boba Fett had a lower budget to be expecting the worst. I think Boba Fett absolutely had a lower budget. I mean, maybe not, though. I don't don't know. Mandalorian got so popular that that second season was really good. Looked, that crate dragon was incredible i mean the rancor even as the rancor this i feel like maybe each episode has its own little budget and they decide to blow it on everything else you know what i mean like (laughs) rancor rancor all the money goes to it i feel like the rancor looked animatronic a little bit like like it was in uh in return of the jedi you know they well yeah he, he he's petting something he's touching something you know there's right there's absolutely something there but that shouldn't take up the whole thing. That shouldn't make these bikes look fake AF. I don't. I don't think. I. I don't think that's the way it works. I think you know. You. You budget for seven episodes, and you. And you. You're shooting it all as a movie. It's a seven hour right. movie. Right. That's kind of. That's what um, I was thinking as well. But I don't, and it, I don't and know. And it's probably. Script, I, I don't know what the budget is. I can't find it. But uh, you know, it's you know, it's a hundred million dollars for for mm. something like this. I would bet. So. Mm. If 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 we're saying that there's some budget, you know, budget uh, on the bikes, budget bikes, then then that tells me that there's something going to come down in the next few episodes that's going to look, you know, like the and like because like mm-hmm. like episodic TV, regular TV, when you have a budget per episode, you borrow from each episode, right? So like, if you're gonna do a big thing in episode one, then episodes three, four, and five need to be all in the studio. Whereas maybe the, again, you know, they say, okay, we're gonna get Disney says we're gonna give you a hundred million. All right. So we're gonna keep the the action in the first four episodes to a minimum so that when we have our war in episodes, mm-hmm. you know, six and seven, we can make it film quality. I don't I don't know, but it yeah, the bikes were a little janky, the huts were a little a little too cgi i wish they could get some kind of weird puppet thing happen i don't know but i mean i I mean star wars is better than puppets i agree i totally agree um or even like miniatures or something even the crash at the end when the car like spins out and crashes it just seemed i don't know there was something about that whole car chase scene that really just turned me off from from this episode 
and I don't know, maybe that's just me, but um, that's, I don't know. That, that's about all that I have for notes. Do you guys have any other notes that you wanted to bring up? Let's start with Sean. Um, actually, no, we've, we've, we've gone through every note that I had, so I'm good. Cool. Justin, did you have any other notes you wanted to bring up? Uh, this is silly, but when uh, Boba says you're talking dank, is talking that like, dank? Is that's that like shit? Dank? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is dank shit? Because if is. so, that, that's the new word. Star Wars. You stop talking that dank. Yep. Yep. How funny is that? Especially living in Colorado, where oh, I know it means dank. totally something else. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, that was all like. Jake Jake says the other speeders in episode two looked good because they're like Harleys. I, you know, that's funny that, that you say that <laughs> because they do like the speeders of that gang are Harleys compared to the crotch rockets of this but, Star Wars Borg gang. <laughs> but to, to the point, I mean, it, that's a funny joke. We're well, not a funny joke, but that's a funny comment. But like those speeders we've seen before. Right, they right. look like every other right. speeder we've ever seen, both in live action and the cartoon. This is something that we've never seen before. So, yeah. so that's why jarring. it's jarring to us because it's it is really weird, you know. It's yeah, and and you have to either either you just we have to get used to it or not. You know, it's the first time when Mace Windu lit up his lightsaber and it was purple. We had never seen that before, so it's like ass motherfucker. But I mean, eventually, because it's Sam Jackson, we're like, okay, you know, like, <laughs> of course it's purple. <laughs> you can have a purple lightsaber because you're Sam Mother F and Jackson. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, small speeders are like scooters. Yeah, the uh, we've been calling them Moss Vespas for the episode. Uh, Jesse found that somewhere on the internet and shared it with us, and I am completely stealing it. So, <laughs> so Moss Vespas. Justin, did you have any other notes? No, that's all I wanted to bring up. Star Wars okay. jargon. Star Wars jargon, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think Fennec had said dank fer- ferret, I think. Is, dank ferric, I think is what they say. Which is something that's been used in Mandalorian a couple times. And uh, it's kind of the, the Star Wars equivalent of Goramit from Firefly, I feel like. <laughs> So, um, but all right, I, I, like I said, I don't have much else. The only thing that we got to do now is our segments for this week. Um, and I think I want to switch them up a little bit. So this week, I believe we should start with. That is right. It is time for the Sarlacc Killer scene of the episode. This is where we talk about our favorite shot, basically, our favorite scene of each episode. Um, I do like to go in a little bit of an order um, as far as like earliest to latest shots. And so that, that means that this week we would start with Mr. Sean at the 10 minute and 31 second mark. Tell us about this shot. So I liked this shot for a couple of reasons. One, 
just the the actual uh, composition of the of the frame is is a, it's beautiful. It's just a beautiful shot um, because it feels real. It feels like there is an actor, probably a stuntman, on something like that's a they built that thing, and and you know like and it's it's a money shot like that's that feels look like our sun and then above it just in the haze is their other sun or, or the other way around yeah where, where is that it's like right here i think yeah right about there yeah and it's subtle right it's not a jj abrams lens flare you know shooting you in the face like it's a subtle shot <laughs> and it's just reminding you that the desert can kind of be beautiful and uh, yeah. and I just I really like this thing. My wife and I we watched these together, and so I was we were kind of laughing at. He could probably walk faster than that thing could could walk. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, but nobody wants to walk out in that desert. Oh yeah, no, I, I you would still rather ride significantly slower than walking. But as long as you give yourself plenty of time to get there. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's just it's it's a it's a beautiful shot. I love it. And then just the just the the fact that it's a still like this makes it almost look like a painting you know like it yeah. like this is what yeah. you would see at the end of the episode when they always show you those concept art like yeah. this looks like a concept art this it's is a, this also looks like something that would be behind someone's couch you know like on one of the <laughs> yeah. long yeah, especially with it, the, yeah especially the way it's it's framed that because mm -hmm. that's not 16 by 9 that's that's longer than that it's wider format but yeah no, that's a that's a great shot. I I really really I really enjoy that shot for sure. Um, I think okay, so that that means that I am next at the seventeen minute and eighteen second mark. It's very brief, and it's I feel like this is kind of dark. Um, but it's it's one quick little shot where the Power Rangers are surrounding, <laughs> um, Rita's clay uh clay enemy. The goldar goldar yeah yeah <laughs> um but no they they're all holding out their weapons and like you can kind of see you know the the different machinery of these guys like it's i did i when i was first watching this episode i actually stopped it on this scene because i wanted to see all the different things that they were holding you had you know the the girl had the the knife the one dude with the the eye had the sweet purple laser gun and then um there was the other dude that had the like electric chain thing and it was just a it was really cool to see all of their different um weapons and like personal things but then also to see like these guys are nervous fighting this wookie this this gang is scared right now and for all the dank that they talked like they seem very nervous to have four of them up against one Wookiee. And I really liked the, um, the, I don't know, that, that kind of making, making that Wookiee look like such a badass, you know, just with the fear in these guys. Like, I, I, I like that. You no, know, it, it also lends to itself to their characters. These guys are thieves, right? They yeah. steal water from Steven Root. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, these are not the war. This is not, uh, um, uh, Thor and the Warriors Four, right? Like th these are thieves, so um, it it kind of makes sense that they get their ass kicked, honestly. Yeah, but but I mean, even these, even this gang was kind of, you know, when you first meet them, you, you know, they kind of think of themselves very highly. You can and you can tell, 
And then once they get up against this Wookiee and, and life gets real, <laughs> they're like, oh, oh, maybe we're not that much badass. But On yeah, I, I really, post. yeah, yeah, I, re- I really like that, that shot. So um, that, that means that our last shot, and actually I do got to say, um, this was both Sean and Justin's shot at first. But I like to be fair, Justin, Justin, <laughs> Justin had dibs. So, I, uh, um, but this shot, Justin comes at the 26 minute and 32 second mark. Tell us about this one. Um, in the beginning of this scene, the Bubba Fett was talking about uh, Danny Trejo and this hole and per- printing on him like the first human they see. So we can the assume rancor imprinting, yeah, on him. yeah, yeah, the rancor. So we can assume that. Uh, taking off the blanders is, and seeing Boba Fett stand there in front of him, you're like, oh, wow, this, this creature is actually peaceful. And that's when Danny Trejo goes into, yeah, they're, they're peaceful creatures until you piss them off. Yeah. And it's such and, a cute like scene, too, because I love when, when Boba Fett's like petting him and he's like, oh, yeah, you like that, boy, don't you? He really likes that, doesn't he? Like, It's like when, when a kid is is petting a St. Bernard, you know, like a five-year-old <laughs> is petting a St. Bernard and just like, is this okay? Like, because it's so huge compared to him. Yeah, my my wife was watching it with me and she's like, oh, it's a, just a big fluffy. It's a dog. I'm like, I, I guess I see it as a dog now. He wants to ride it too. Right. Oh, it's, it's going to be really cool to see this Rancor not just kind of chilling. You know, I'm, I'm really excited to see, uh, to see Boba Fett ride this Rancor through the streets of Mos Espa. You know, I'll, uh, I'll be really upset if or when they kill the Rancor. That'll make me, you know, like, eerie-eyed. I've already I was thinking that same thing. With the Rancor. I'm like, oh, he's got a pet. I was thinking that same thing, like a Game of Thrones with the dragons kind of thing. When the dragon, spoiler alert, uh, when one of the dragons dies in Game of Thrones, I was really, really sad about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... I could see that kind of being a thing in, in this with the Rancor, but awesome shots, guys. Thanks for, for getting those. If you're listening on Podcast World, um, follow us on Instagram at Twistmiron Podcast, and you can see those shots posted throughout this next week. Um, that being said, we're going to move on to our second segment, which is... He's no good to me, dead. He will not be permanently damaged. That's right. This is Boba's Bounty, the part of the show where we talk about our favorite new character droid or alien or even ship from this week's episode. So let's start with Justin. What is your bounty for the week? Um, This sounds really weak, but in the very opening scene of this uh, episode, you saw like a spider-like red orb droid. I don't know why. about that. I really like it. You really like that was my like oh oh it's just a little cute little droid walking around the desert picking up red stuff or something. So in in a really dark way, so that droid we talked about it last week. I don't know if you remember, but um, that little spider droid actually that it has has a brain, a human brain in the bottom of it. That little if you go look at it, um, in that little tube of of red, it's a brain. 
And the monks that used to control the palace way, way, way long before Jabba did, I believe it was when Tatooine still had water as well. Um, these monks found a way to basically put their brains inside a droid and live forever. And so these little yeah. spider droids have those the, the brains in them and they just kind of walk around the palace and, and hang out on Tatooine. So that's... I, that that's my, cool though that's like literally i, like I saw things. that and i'm like oh i like that droid that's that's my new guy yeah i wish i had a it, name or something i'm sure they do and i could probably look it up i i suppose um sean what is your uh pick for boba's bounty this week um so just you know for a new character i mean I don't know. Is it is it too on the nose to say Danny Trejo? I mean, I'm just I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing where he goes. Again, I I I just really love the idea of Danny, you know, Machete Trejo is <laughs> is gonna be. I'm I am not here for violence. I am here to teach this animal and to love it and to care for it and. There's just something really sweet about that that we don't get in Star Wars much. We don't get sweet moments between not Skywalkers. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. You know, the, you get you get a little you get some sweet moments between you know Mando and uh, Grogu, uh, but you don't. Oh man, that last scene with Mando and Grogu is heartbreaking. I'm pretty sure it is Jesse. I'm pretty sure his name actually is Machete. I'm, 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 I, I think um, his, his mom actually did. No, in uh, my he, notes, he is referred to as Machete. I actually had yeah. to look up his real name, Danny Trejo, <laughs> because really? he is Machete to me. That's funny. First time I saw him was in Desperado. He was the knife guy. No, um, and I mean the first time I saw him was in uh, uh from he was a vampire. Gone. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. and. Uh, and of course, like you know, Machete came out years and years later. But that's my yeah. most memorable role for him. <laughs> yeah, still, I, I do think it actually is his middle name, Jesse. I'm, I'm not sure. You haven't seen Avatar, so you don't get a vote. Um, Whoa! Yes, got you again. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Uh, anyway, so his his um he would have to be definitely my pick for this for this week for the show. Okay. Yeah, that's a great pick. Um, that was actually my my first pick so i'm glad i picked another one i figured one of you guys was gonna pick danny trejo because he is obviously the best new addition to the star wars universe um really quick that droid Je uh justin jesus is called b16 i like it. yeah that's pretty much all it is uh bt16 i'm sorry bt, BT or vt16 so that's about it um i don't i I don't know what the actual monks are called. We'll have to bring that up next week. I'll write it in my notes to uh, look that up. But my character, my my new favorite character, is definitely Drash. The I I know I talked a lot of shit about the Moss Vespas and and their stupid bikes, <laughs> but I really liked um, Drash, played by Sophie Sophie Thatcher. Um, she was the one with the robotic arm and the one that like took no shit from nobody and talked a lot of dank to Boba Fett. And I 
I just liked her. I liked her swag. I liked her style. I liked the way that she kind of, you know, did her did her thing. And and then when she actually takes out the mayor's assistant at the end by jumping on his car with her Vespa, I thought that was way badass. So I thought I thought she was a really cool addition, and and I am definitely excited to see more of that character. I'm wondering if she's maybe going to be a Legends character that has changed her name. Um, I don't want to get into that at all, but you know how they how the Star Wars people do it. They like to bring in those old Legends characters and and give a little bit of misdirect sometimes. So um, that would be my pick. Uh, great picks. Um, I love Danny Trejo. Uh, I love the little spider droid. Those are awesome. Um, let's move on to our third and final segment. <laughs> that's right it's called the tuscan raider (laughs) rate each episode out of 10 Um, i'll do a little bit of math and then we will land on a percentage out of 100 sean let's start with you what would you rate this episode a percentage out of 100 okay no Um, no no, just just uh, i'll get the percentage it's just uh, out of 10 oh okay okay um I'll I'll be kind. I won't do crazy decimal points like we do in our podcast. You can. Um, Mine's a decimal point. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably say seven and a half. Okay. Seven point five. Uh, I thought it was a good episode. the The second episode is probably my favorite, but I also like a really good uh, attack a train trope. You know, scene. Um, yeah. Yeah, this one just felt like a little bit more world building and less of, you know, shooty shooty bang bang Star Wars stuff. So, sure, but it was still good. It was a good time. So, yeah, seven and a half. Okay, Justin, what about you? What would you rate it? Um, I was originally gonna rate it an eight, but then that CGI I watched for a second and third time, and it just sort of killed for me. I, I couldn't get over the fact that the the transition wasn't smooth. So seven, it's a good episode. Okay. It's a it's it's a filler or a build up to the climax, which is most likely going to be next week. And uh, overall, like I enjoyed it. I wish, like Sean said, I, w- I really wish there was more shooty bang bang. <laughs> you know, and I I think that the train chase um, really overshadowed the car chase of this one. I think they should have done the car chase last week and the train chase this week because. Like Sean was saying, that was badass. That whole thing was an awesome scene. And it it blew this car chase out of the water. So much so that I'm actually rating this episode a 6.5. Um, and and I do that because a, a couple different reasons. One of them being the Tusken Raider flashbacks. Um, you could have just done that in one episode. Just done one episode of all the Tuskens and then went on from there. Right? Like... First episode, you do a little bit of world building. Second episode, you do a flashback, and then all of it's done. It just, that to me, just built up to nothing so far. It'll, obviously, it will be something in the future. But right now, I was just, it made me really disappointed to not, to just be like, oh, that's it? There's no, like, fight or anything? They're just gone? Okay. And then the the car chase scene, just, man, those those Vespas are just, Man, 
they, they really irritate me for whatever reason it is i don't know why they just really do so um i'm i'm giving this one a 6.5 i have said it numerous times the last two episodes um there is going to be an episode that is a 10 out of a 10 at 10 out of 10 and i'm being really really judgmental on some of these things um just to make sure that i'm not being too much of a fanboy you know what i mean um because i know with mandalorian i rated that there was nothing lower than an eight on any of those episodes you know and and i do it in sudden but inevitable i'm I'm always rating things super high because i do like everything and so with <laughs> this this season i am trying to maybe not do that as much you know maybe not like everything as much <laughs> or just just look at it as more of like a a, a podcasting critic i guess what about uh, bad batch bad batch we <laughs> stopped doing that show halfway through <laughs> the season i think that speaks for itself <laughs> horrible show uh, and it wasn't horrible like kids love that show people Do did they? really like that show yeah my yeah, kids loved it. like yeah we watched it I, I couldn't get into it. Couldn't do it. I and gave it a hopefully... good college effort, and I was optimistic, but I I really couldn't get into it either. I watched the whole thing twice, but it just you know, Visions was way better. Visions really Visions was good. Cleaned my palate of Bad Batch, but with those ratings, that gives us a seventy percent um, on our scale. <laughs> So that's not bad. Not bad. Last week, I think, was about an 86. week before that was about an 85, I think. And this week is a, a 70. So makes sense. This episode wasn't, like, the, the, the best. Wasn't the best episode of the series. It was one of those kind of filler episodes. Kind of, like I said, the calm before the storm. The one that's just getting you jacked for the rest of the season. Um, and boy, am I jacked. You know, I'm ready to see the Rancor. I'm ready to see Trandoshans in action. I'm ready to see the Pikes in action. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, it's, it's going to be a cool, uh, cool rest of the season. So, that being said, I think that's that's all we got, guys. That's uh, that's going to be it for this week's episode of Quest Me. Um, next week, I believe it's confirmed. I'm not completely positive, but next week, I'm pretty sure that Sinisera from Sinisera Fame is coming on to talk to us about some star wars i don't know if it's no i don't think he's ever been on sbi he's a, he's a really fun dude he's always commenting on on videos and he's always around for sudden but inevitable and i'm really excited to get him on an actual twist my arm network show um, he, he technically was on sudden but when we were doing kind of we did, did we, do we the did highlanders well no we did oh. highlander with oh, some of the okay. bonus episodes that that we did he and I was I not on, there yeah he and i were on highlander um, okay okay yeah. that's like one of the few episodes of sbi that i was not on um but it'll be good to have him back on another twist my arm network uh podcast so um sean why don't you give us some plugs about cheapsy what what do you guys do over there at cheapsy and then uh get, tell us how we can find you Sure. Cheap Seat Reviews is the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. Um, we just celebrated eight years as a podcast uh, this past wow, week. Wow. Congratulations. Eight nice. years. So um, this, coming, uh, this coming week, we'll be doing episode 379. And we're going to be doing the, the Netflix original Western film, The Harder They Fall. So 
Love that's, it. That's coming out this uh, soon. And uh, yeah, it's uh, cheapseatreviews.libsyn.com uh, is the website. L-I-B-S-Y-N is our website. You can just do Linktree, uh, link dot, linktr.ee slash cheapseatreviews where you can find all of our other socials. And then at cheapseatcast is Twitter. It's pretty much the best way to get a hold of me. If you're looking for information about the show or, you know, you want to come on the show or whatever, um, we've had Josh on, Jesse's been on a couple times. Um, it's good stuff. It's a good time. We have a good time. We do, uh, mostly streaming movies, mostly. Yeah. I'm actually really excited for the harder they fall episode. I, I watched that on a whim a couple weeks ago when I was going through COVID and boy, was that movie incredible. Yeah. If you have not seen the harder they fall yet on Netflix. Um, it is wonderful not not only is it a brilliant western movie but just a, a great film in general um everything about it was was awesome and there was some really cool um like specialties about that movie as well i guess you could say so definitely uh check out cheap Sea reviews and uh listen to their their review on that when it comes out um thanks again for coming on the show man i it's always good to have you have you come on and, and chat anything with yeah, us absolutely thank you for the invite yeah, for sure. Um, Justin, did you? I, I never ask you this, but I never know if you really want to give out your plugs. Do you want to give out any plugs? No. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find Justin, you can find him the same way you find me and just search at Twist on Twitter, on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Twist My Arm Podcast on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash Twist My Arm Podcast. And the website's coming up soon. It's it's getting there. We got to do some work. So there's another show coming out later on a few weeks, I believe, um, with our good friend Roy at the Intrepid DM. And I'm extremely excited to talk more about that when it comes. But be on the lookout for that. Um, follow us on all of our different uh, socials and, and you'll see it. So um, for any of these links or anything, definitely look at our show notes. You'll find uh, all of the cheap seat links there. You'll find all of our twitters and and uh, social media links there as well um but yeah thank you guys again i think this is gonna be about it thanks again everyone for listening to quest me my name is josh and i'm justin and i'm sean we will talk at you next week may the force be with you always